Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, going up a little bit later uh, than usual. Today on the show, um, first, I'm going to explain why, you know, Kelsey Ballerini just, you know, uh, new EP. If you're into being sad, that's that's the place for you. Those 15 minutes, not going to get much sadder than that. So enjoy that if, if that's your... Uh, if that's what you're into, if you're into being sad, then uh, Kelsey Ballerini's new EP is for you. Uh, on today's show, we're going to try to learn to stop saying, uh, so much. We're going to try to stop saying, you know, so much. Because I've been looking at the tape. I've been watching the tape. I've been watching the game film. And... I do it a lot, and I don't like it, so I assume no one else does. Anyway, on today's show, recapping Saturday's basketball games, recapping a fantastic week of softball, weekend of softball, I should say, and looking ahead to Thursday, we've also got an awesome interview with Southeastern catcher Connor Manola. Opening day is just a few days away now, Um, so we... Talked with Connor. Awesome interview with Connor. Just nice to talk to someone who uh, went to school with me. Because as I get older, and it was weird because COVID, I didn't graduate. You know, I didn't have like a actual ceremony. So it's hard for me to like kind of figure out who was there when I left and who wasn't. Because... It was like a Tuesday in March, and then they were just like, yeah, leave. Come back in a, in uh, a week, and we'll be ready to go. And that didn't happen because we know what happened with the pandemic, and I never took a class at Southeastern Louisiana in person again. Anyway, so always nice to talk to someone who actually was a student there when I still was. It makes me feel a lot less old. Connor's entering, I think, his 13th year of eligibility. So that makes me feel good. Great interview with Connor coming up. Um, but let's start with uh, the good. Let's start with the good. Last last episode, we started with the bad. Let's start with the good. Because the good is the women's basketball team, who have now won four in a row. They are now 10-1 at home, thanks to a absolute shellacking of the Nichols Colonels. 90-52, another emphatic win over a team that we need to win emphatically over. I don't know what's going on over there at Nichols, but it's not good. They are now 4-19. Anyway, enough of them. We're 10-3 and in the conference. We have sole possession of first place, plus the tiebreaker over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Whew. The amount of players in double figures. One, two, three, four, five. Is that it? Five. Five players scoring double figures, led by Sierra Cunningham with 17, who is becoming an offensive weapon for us. 17 points, three assists, and three boards for Sierra. And then we had a huge performance on the boards from both Natalie Kelly and Chrissy Brown. What's new? 14 rebounds for Natalie Kelly and 13 rebounds for uh, Chrissy Brown in this one. Haley Giortano goes for 15, just an all-around excellent performance. 
and we go 9 of 21 from 3, 42%. We shoot 50% from the field in this one. I'm currently eating a chocolate chip cookie. Just an awesome, awesome, awesome performance. And um, the fourth quarter was so entertaining because it was so out of hand that it almost became like watching a rec league game. There was zero offense being played. It was just, let's dribble the ball down the floor. Let's put up a three and see if it hits, Um, which was extremely entertaining to watch. If you're a basketball purist, it's probably not what you want. And my apologies to those who had uh, nickels on the spread at uh, plus um, plus 38 and a half or uh, plus 37 and a half. You lost by 38. That stinks. Anyway, I mean, not much more can be said. Just a fantastic performance. The most we've put up against a uh, or tied for the most we've scored against a Division One opponent this year. And uh, that was back on, when was that? That was, or actually it is the most we've scored against a Division One opponent. It's tied for the most we've scored, period. We scored 90 against Dillard. Most we've scored against a Division One opponent this year. And the most we've scored against a conference opponent since we beat Northwestern State last season. Speaking of Northwestern State, that's who we've got up next. And uh, we'll talk about that after our interview with Connor Manola. Moving to the men's side. Another loss, and we got to get this thing figured out. Three losses in a row, two of which to are to really good teams. One of which is going to bug me for the remainder of the season, and that was the McNeese loss, obviously. And uh, sorry, I'm still eating a chocolate chip cookie. We lose 88-77. We played a really good first half. We were... Um, we were up six at the break. We got outscored by 17 in the second half. Caleb Huffman for Nichols was fantastic. He scored 31 points. I'm just curious how good he's been this year because that was probably the best single game performance I've seen from an opponent this year. Played at Central Michigan. Um He's had a couple of 20 performances. He actually it's ties at season high. He scored 31 against Rust. And he's really come on as of late, but he was phenomenal. He took 25 shots, and uh, he hit uh, 6 of 13 from 3. Nichols hit 10 threes. Without him, they lose the game. Uh, they only had two other players in double figures. Manny Littles, who's their big center, had 15. And then... Um, Eduardo Delcadia, who um, uh, he had six and 10 rebounds. He also fouled out of the game. But um, I think the issue really is we um, – I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's – we played a really good first half, but, man, the second half was just not good. And um, we and the thing is, is like you look back at the McNeese game and you say, well, we didn't hit our foul shots. We hit our foul shots in this one. We went 16 of 19 from the foul stripe and we still lost by 11. Early on in the season, five minutes to go, I think we were we, we almost built too much confidence about our ability late. 
Um, because those last three games, we've gotten into huge holes. Corpus Christi was a huge hole. I mean, truly massive in the first half. We fought back early in the second half. Looked like we were going to make a run and just didn't. McNeese, it felt like we were like, okay, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And we weren't. We got it within two at the end and lost. And then it was very similar in this Nichols game. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And we ran out of time again. We turned the ball over 19 times as opposed to uh, to 18 or a 15 for them, for Nichols. Just a frustrating game. We have no depth right now. We only got two bench players, which is nobody's fault. It's just a reality, and it's a tough reality to be in right now. But you know what the great part is? is We've won enough that we're still okay. We just have to right the ship. The problem is, is uh, we're losing ground. <coughs> Excuse me. And the schedule is not extremely easy down the stretch. Northwestern on Thursday, Commerce on Saturday, Lamar, who's playing very well on Thursday, McNeese, got to win that one, and Houston Christian, you hope we win that one. Um, top four go straight to the quarterfinals. Top two go straight to the semifinals. We have gone from controlling our own destiny and being first in the conference to at the time of this recording i think we're fourth we are currently fourth and only have a half game lead over fifth it's uh it's just not we need to figure it out i don't know what it is to figure out because it may be something that we're playing with only seven guys and this is what we are but man um, hopefully we'll figure it out because the, it looks like this is what we are now it is a seven man team, the mighty seven. And of course it's so easy to be doom and gloom. Oh, we lost three in a row. Cause I mean, I, two weeks ago I was saying, Oh, this team's great. This team's fun and good. I remember saying that. And now, and now two weeks later, that's the beauty of people like me who, have opinions that's the beauty of this stuff is it's all none of it really matters it's just my opinion my opinion changes so quickly but um anyway let's uh that said let's let's look at how uh things went on saturday for uh we'll start with the women As uh, Southeastern, like I said, a full game lead over uh, Corpus Christi for that conference championship. Northwestern State, they are really good at home. 71-66 over Commerce. We'll kind of talk about how good they are at home. Lamar, I keep telling people, Lamar is, I think, the second best team in this conference. They beat Corpus Christi 73-68. That is what allowed us to take over sole possession in the first place. UIW dominated Houston Christian. UIW scares me a lot uh, because they've already beat us, and I think they're very talented. They just haven't shown it. And then a bit of an upset, UNO beats uh, McNeese 65-59. to um, And we'll, we'll get into the standings in a, as a whole when we preview the, the matchups. On the men's side, it was... The day of the upset, uh, 
Northwestern State, again, they, they win close games. 72-64, they pulled away from Commerce at the end. Uh, Corpus Christi got everything they could handle from Lamar, 61-52. McNeese overcame a 22-point deficit to UNO. UNO is in a free fall. They can't figure anything out. McNeese, I still don't believe, is any good. But they come all the way back to win 79-78. They look to be in the driver's seat to get uh, into the tournament. And again, like I said, we'll go over the standings here in a in a bit. And then Houston Christian, when they when they put it together, they're a good team because they shoot the ball really well. They go on the road and they beat UIW, who I cannot figure out for the life of me, 84-78. Uh, so that's that's the that's the recap, but that's basketball. Let's turn our attention to baseball. Opening day on Friday against Lafayette. We've got the man, the myth, the legend, one of my favorite Lions on this year's team. So excited to watch him this year. Connor Manola joining us. Here is our interview with Connor Manola. All right, everybody. We are very pleased to be joined by Southeastern catcher Connor Manola. Opening day right around the corner. and We had to get the the battery man for southeastern on connor thanks so much for joining us today man no problem thanks for having me now you're entering what year 11 of eligibility this year <laughs> feels like it year six year six man that is crazy but it is finally the final year and man i mean uh a ton of excitement going into the final year we'll kind of get into all of it but just now that it is Finally, that last year, what are the emotions that come with it as we are uh, just a couple of days away from opening day? You know, it's exciting, especially coming off of a championship season last year and regional appearance. Uh, it's it's exciting, but at the same time, kind of bittersweet that it's, it's coming to an end at the end of this year. But I'm excited for it. I know the team's excited. We're ready to get going. And then I was, I was looking at this year's coaching staff to have Waz, Daniel Wazinger back, you know, a guy who – had a ton of success at your position at Southeastern. You know, what has that uh, been like over the offseason and just kind of learn? Did you play with him? He was a senior my freshman year. So <laughs> that's crazy, man. It so was, you've uh, already got that connection. And then so what has that been like over over this offseason into this year? Yeah, it was it was interesting getting him back on the on the coaching side of it this time. But I mean, he did a lot of good work for us while he was here. He's he's getting ready to head back off uh, to go play, but I mean, what he did with us while he was here was awesome. Um, he came in, Coach Coach Mount took over the catchers this year, so there was a transition there. And just having Watts back to help out, it, it meant everything to us. Uh, just just having that playing experience and, and being able to kind of relate to us as a catching staff, I mean, it meant all the world to us, and it helped us out tremendously. And then going into your final year, you are the first in – hopefully a long and, and really um, storied line of, of guys who get to wear Mamu's 18. Um, just kind of talk about the, the process of that, when you were approached with that opportunity and, and just what it means to you. Cause it's an, it's an awesome, awesome thing that uh, coach Riser and the staff are, are starting this year. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a tremendous honor. Um, I actually found out the night of the first pitch banquet when he, when he started talking about it. So it was, it was a surprise to me, but again, it's a tremendous honor being able to to play under Coach Mahmoud. He was volunteer assistant my freshman year, and then came back as a pitching coach a couple years later. Um, I mean, just he meant the world to me. Just 
as a as a coach and just a mentor and a friend off the field had many conversations with him and connections and it just it means the world to me to be able to to be the first guy especially to to carry on that legacy for him and you know a little bit of pressure on my shoulders to to keep that going but I mean just to do it for him and and to be able to carry that carry that on and begin this tradition just it means everything to me and I appreciate coach Riser and the coaching staff for for choosing me to do that. And now as you you enter year six, I mean, that's just wild, six years of college baseball, but you've seen it all really because, you know, your freshman year, they, um, you know, the program was still in this kind of um, this at-large situation, you know, you know, the RPI was still way up there and then you've gone through the tough years and then obviously last year it was so great to get back to the postseason, get back to the tournament. Um how do you feel about this year's squad with everything you guys have been through together, especially the senior class? Cause you guys have, have really seen it all. Yeah, we have, I mean, we're, we're excited to get going. Uh, last year is definitely the, the ending that we had really stood out for, for what that team was kind of made up of was we went through some struggles. We had some good moments. We beat the number one team in the country at home at the Pat yep. and we knocked off Arkansas when they were number three in the country at Arkansas. So we had a lot of great, great moments in that year but we also had our struggles and and with injuries and everything and just to be able to pull through to to win a championship there at the end but this year looking forward we can't really hang our hat on that and we're, we're just trying to be consistent more overall than anything because over my time here that's kind of kind of been what we've seen we've we've had some good we've had some bad just we're we're hunting for that consistency going forward and you know, we want to make it to a regional and be able to compete and, and win the regional. We just don't want to be there for the experience. So right. I would say that's our goal going into this year, and we're all excited to do that. What was the hardest thing as a catcher last year? With The, the big story was the amount of pitchers that we lost. Um, what was that like for you as a catcher? Because you you go through the offseason, you develop this rapport with these guys, and then all of a sudden you've got these guys who maybe you don't have many reps with outside of the game. What was that like for you? It was challenging, but uh, I mean, we have it's the next man up mentality, and and guys did very well doing that. I mean, Adam Guth, a freshman coming in, starting for us, game one of the regional. Without that guy, we don't accomplish what we did last year. So, I mean, just the guys we had to step up. It it was tough losing losing key people in your in your rotation and and in your bullpen, but just the guys stepping up did an awesome job. And I mean, that's kind of what what our mentality and our makeup is here at Southeastern. And then, uh, like I said, just a couple of days away from opening day, you got Lafayette to start, um, and then uh, Jackson State, then Samford. Um, it's a little bit different, I feel like, from years past, because I feel like we get that mid-major out of the way, and we're immediately on to, you know, Power 5 SEC schools. Um, what is the, I guess, when you look at the schedule, what is the matchup that you're most looking forward to, or you can give me a nice coach speak answer and you can say you're taking it one day at a time. Well, I'll do that. But I mean, just <laughs> <laughs> looking forward, I mean, everybody's, we're obviously excited to go back to Auburn, be able to yeah. play through game series with them. Um, we have LSU coming. We're hosting them for the first time since my freshman year. So the first time in six years, I guess that would yeah. be yeah. Um, the last time that we knocked them off over here at home. But I mean, there's games like that every year that people look forward to. They'd be lying if if they told you that that they weren't. But we're going to start off. Our focus is going to be all on Lafayette um, for the four game mm -hmm. series that we have with them. And you know, we're going to be we're going to be hunting to find some consistency. We're such a deep team this year. Just there's guys in the lineup defensively and 
even in the uh, in the pitching staff, we're we're so deep in all positions, really. So we're going to be finding that consistency and and kind of just seeing who's going to who's going to play the part and who's going to play where. So that that'll be our big focus when we when we get started. But all of our attention will be on Lafayette. Who are the guys that maybe we don't know now, but you've seen and you're like, okay, this kid, he's going to be something this year. And if he keeps with it, he could be something down the line. Who are some of the young guys that you've been really impressed with over the offseason? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have a handful of them, but Jake Killingsworth, he's, he's going to come in on our offense, I think, and he's going to have a big impact. And, I mean, there's a there's a handful of guys on the pitching staff. You know, it's hard to kind of single out one yeah, of them. Yeah, I put you on the spot there. I know. Jake, I put you on Jake's the spot there my... because of my lack of knowledge. So I'm right. like, let me let Connor handle all the hard stuff. I'll just put him on the spot and I can blame him for anything that goes wrong. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Jake's one of the fellow catcher counterparts. So, um, okay. So he's one of the guys that sticks out. And I, I think if you ask anybody on our offense right now, his name would be the one that, that sticks out to him after this weekend, especially, but uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that for now and, and just kind of tell everybody to come on out to the ballpark and figure it out for themselves. There you go. There you go. Company man. Um, at the catching position, you know, um, so much focus is put on the actual catching, not much on offense. What is it about Jay that um, that you've seen that allows him to be uh, like you you said, he's an offensive weapon. We're expecting big things from him offensively. That's not really the norm. Um, so what is it about his offense that impresses you? He's just, he's aggressive and, you know, has a good knack for the barrel and he's just every time he every time he gets up to the plate you know something's going to be hit hard somewhere so he gives you a good chance to to either get you in the score get in the scoring position himself or drive in runs or anything like that so you are going I mean you've got to be nearly done with Matt your your master's now right yeah I've got one class left this oh semester my gosh all right all right so you are going i'm doing the math you're going for one two three four five this would be your sixth consecutive southland conference commissioner's honor roll if you get it done but are you even eligible with just the one <laughs> class i'm not even sure about that <laughs> that would be gotta be some crushing, type of record though. A, a crushing way to snap what is an incredible <laughs> streak <laughs> Do you know um, what is so um, kinesiology? What is the thing that you're looking to, to, to do once the playing days are over? You'll be extremely qualified in whatever you do. What is it that you are looking to get into? So not sure exactly about the timeline of, of when it would when it would take place, but I'm looking to get into coaching somewhere at the awesome. division one level. Uh, so we'll kind of see where that goes once it's finished. Very good. Very good. Um, and then also you are about to get married if I'm, if I'm correct. So That's correct. is your fiance, is her name getting better with Manola or is it taking a, a bit of a hit? Oh, it's definitely getting better. She'll, <laughs> tell, you, she'll tell you otherwise maybe, but it's definitely getting better. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, Connor, thank you so much for the time today, man. So excited to watch you guys this year. Um, and, um, Congratulations on all the success. Wishing you nothing but health this year. Thank you so much for the time today, man. And uh, looking forward to watching you guys this weekend. I appreciate it. John. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate everything you're doing for Southeastern right now. This is awesome. Huge thanks to our guy, Connor Manola. Super excited to get baseball underway. The beauty of baseball is every year, you know, it's not like basketball where you've got to go and play all these 
you know, um, power five schools right away. And we get to conference always with a losing record baseball. We can start getting optimistic and have unrealistic expectations almost immediately. It's super fun. So hopefully we can sweep Lafayette, get a nice three and O start and, I can start booking my tickets to Omaha. A funny story. I, when I was working in Nebraska, um, I got invited to go to a college world series game. I was working about an hour outside of Omaha and the uh, guy I was working for, um, I told him, I said, obviously I was going, but I said, you know, I always thought that the first time I would go, I told myself I was going to wait for my Southeastern Lions to go to Omaha. And he said, well, you'll probably never go to Omaha. And that hurt. But there's your motivation, Lions. Prove him wrong. Let's get to Omaha. Okay? That way I can have a reason to go to Omaha. Anyway, um, again, huge thanks to Connor Manola. Just an awesome dude. Awesome ambassador for uh, Lion Athletics. And... Um, one of the people that I think makes Southeastern such a special place and is the reason why people who go to Southeastern and graduate from Southeastern have such a love for the school. One of those people that makes, that is the reason that the school is so special and Lion Athletics is so special. Anyway, let's wrap up the show. We got a lot to talk about because we're going to start with some Southeastern softball. They only allow two runs in a sweep of Missouri State to open the year for like the 11th year in a row. I feel like we're starting undefeated. I mean, we just don't lose on opening weekend. If there was, um, if, if the season ended at, after the first weekend, I think we'd be a top 10 team every year. Lexi Johnson is the Southland Conference hitter of the week. She bats 750 over the weekend. Six of eight with three RBI. And then Sarah Blanchard, doesn't allow a single run. 2 and 0. Oh. Two of the three wins go to Sarah. Or is it Kara? I need to ask her. Cuz I don't want to mispronounce her name the whole year. I think it's Sarah. It's C E R A, Sarah. Or is it Kara? Hmm. I'll get to the bottom of this. Anyway, 3 and 0 start to the year. I'm actually going to I'm going to ask now and see if I can get an answer before the show ends. So bear with me everybody. As uh again, this is the beauty of this is why I don't do radio full-time. There's so much dead uh, space, dead air, as they call it in the business, because I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Is your name pronounced Sarah or Kara? I just didn't want to mispronounce it for the entire season. Let's see if we get an answer before the show ends. Anyway, um, again, huge, huge, huge start for Southeastern softball. 
I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure if we were going to get the series win after Friday. Uh, but man, we played how I think we expected to play on uh, Sunday. Now on uh, Wednesday, tomorrow, if you're listening today, tomorrow, if you're listening on Wednesday tonight, five o'clock against another undefeated team in Louisiana Tech. They won the Conference USA uh, Championship last year, a really good team. They have aspirations to make the NCAA tournament. They got bounced early um, from the Conference USA tournament last year, but they won the regular season title. So really good team coming to Hammond. Good uh, litmus test for us on Wednesday. Now, into basketball. This weekend, South e- or uh, Thursday, rather, as we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, what we got Thursday. Of course, we go to uh, Northwestern State, a team that is very, very, very good at home. They are not great on the road, but they are playing at home. It's a team that we've already beaten this year, but we beat them at home. They are 9-2 and two in games played at Prather Coliseum. They're coming off a win. They're a much different team at home. They just are. Their two home losses, as we look at their schedule, are two. Do, 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 do. They lost to Southern, which is surprising. Uh, that was early. That was in November. And then they lost to Corpus Christi. They haven't lost at home in nearly two months. They lost to Corpus Christi on December 30th. That was the last time they lost at home. Big, big, big opportunity to keep that uh, lead. Plus, um, we own the tiebreaker over Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi will not lose on Thursday. They will be playing Nichols. If Nichols beats them, it will be the upset of the year in Southland Conference women's basketball. And let me just make sure they're still in second because they, they've been falling. You know, they've lost two in a row now. Make it three in a row, I believe. Corpus Christi. Uh, let's go through the rest of the schedule first. UIW against McNeese. That is an intriguing matchup. I think that's going to be back and forth. Coin flip that one. Um, I'll take McNeese since they're at home, but I think UIW is very good and they still uh, worry me a great deal. There's uh, there's nothing about them that is, you know. So Corpus Christi is still in second. They have a half game lead over Commerce. They've lost three in a row. I was right. They lost three in a row. They will not be losing four in a row. Give me McNeese over UIW. Uh, UIW is tied with UNO for that final tournament spot. That would be crazy if they didn't get in because they're really good. Um, not really good, but they are good. Defending, you know, conference champion. Houston Christian and Lamar. Give me Lamar. Lamar is on a roll. They are tied with us for longest current uh, win streak. They've won four in a row. They're at home. I think they're going to keep winning. And then uh, new UNO and Commerce, UNO needs a win. I think they're good, too. I think every team in this conference is good except Nichols. I think anybody could beat anybody on any given night. It would be a, a nice win for us if UNO can beat Commerce on the road because Commerce is a game and a half behind us for that uh, final spot. So let's, let's make our picks. Um, give me Corpus Christi. Give me McNeese. Give me Lamar. I think Commerce is going to win. At home. I would love if they didn't, but I think they're going to win at home. And then uh, on the men's side, Southeastern and Northwestern. Northwestern has won eight in a row. They have really figured it out. Because they, I remember the first time we played them, it was 
an extremely inconsistent team. They were blowing people out and they were getting blown out. I think that actually started their winning streak was that win over us. We've of course lost three in a row. We are four and seven on the road. They're eight and two at home. They got destroyed by Rice at home. I know that was one of their losses. What was the other one? Um, as I'm looking through the schedule here, they haven't lost since at least. Or actually, you know, that Rice game was on the road. So when did so they lost to Corpus Christi at home on December 31st? And when was their second loss at home? I'm looking. I'm looking. I don't see it. Corpus Christi, December 31st, and then. Um, I don't, I mean, it's hard to like find it just like quickly glancing over, but I don't see, oh, Illinois state on November 12th. So again, a team that hasn't lost at home in a month and a half, nearly two months. This is a huge opportunity for us because the entire national media that covers mid-major basketball is focused on Northwestern state. They are going to have the coach of the year in the conference in Corey Gibson. They're going to have the player of the year into Marcus Sharp. They've won eight in a row. They're tied for the conference lead, and we have a chance to silence all of that. We have a chance to get back on track. We have a chance to silence that hype train. This is a huge opportunity. And if we lose, it it wouldn't – look, it's a very good team. It's a very good team, and they're playing better basketball than we are right now. It's going to take the wind out of the sails even more. It's four losses in a row. This is huge. And Northwestern State, I got to tell you, I think they right now are the team that nobody wants to play. Corpus Christi, they've been there before. They've got the experience of being in the tournament. They've looked, I think, better overall. But Northwestern State is so explosive. And uh, so this is this is a big, big chance for us. Um, other scores or uh, other games on Thursday. The other games on Thursday – Corpus Christi will face Nichols. That is a massive game because uh, Nichols is third. They're a game and a half behind Corpus. That game is at Nichols. That's important because Nichols hasn't lost at home this year. That is a toss-up. I don't think Nichols is that good, though. I really don't. And I think Corpus Christi is very good. So I will take the Islanders on the road. I think Nichols loses at home for the first time this year. Lamar and Houston Christian. Um, I like Houston Christian. Just as... I think they're fun. Uh, Lamar is a team that a lot of people like because of their youth, and they they are going to be very good next year. But I like Houston Christian uh, because they shoot the three so well. They and they're two and ten on the road. Lamar's five and seven at home. Lamar is a it's a good team at home. I this is just me being a fan. I'll take Houston Christian, Incarnate Word, and McNeese. McNeese. I know they've won two in a row. I think they stink. I think Incarnate Word, and again, this is just me being a fan. I like Incarnate Word, even though they haven't been very good. Give me UIW. UNO, like I said, I think they're done. You can't blow a 22-point lead to McNeese. You just can't, and they did. They've now lost, what is that losing streak at? They've lost nine in a row. They're facing uh, Commerce on the road. Give me Commerce to extend the UNO losing streak. Another huge thanks to Connor Manola. Uh, Huge thanks to everybody who supports the show. Can't tell you how... Much I appreciate it. Um, and um, let's get some wins on Thursday. A little fun fact. I'll be in the building. I'm so excited. First time I get to see Southeastern in person this year as they face Northwestern State. I'm so excited to see everybody. 
Let's get some wins, huh? Anyway, um, we got softball on Wednesday, basketball on Thursday, and I will see you all on Friday. It's lying up over everything. This is the State of Southeastern.